<laughs> Hello and welcome back to this week's episode of Shattercast. Today we are going to be discussing uh, Regal Cinemas, AMC Theaters, and what is happening in the movie industry. Catch you after the intro. <laughs> it's wonderful thank you for joining us this week for Shattercast I'm really excited to talk to you guys today about this topic uh, I think movies is kind of how the podcast initially the idea of the podcast formed um, that was sort of the the initial interest we all had and obviously we launched with doing board games and video games and everything else but we have a lot to talk about so we're going to jump right into it thank you uh, Derek the uh, CEO president and founding father of Shattered Studios. It's got to be different every week, man. Sorry. (laughs) Thank you for joining us as well. And of course, uh, my lovely wife uh, here with us to discuss uh, the current state of movie theaters, if you will. So I'm going to give a quick breakdown and then open it up to the rest of uh, our panelists here. Um, With COVID-19 and everything going on, not just in the States, but around the world, Uh, theaters and a lot of other businesses closed down for a large part of the summer, uh, which is typically a a pretty important time in the entertainment industry. So it was really hard on them. AMC narrowly avoided bankruptcy back in the June, July timeframe, but AMC recently reopened, Regal Cinemas recently reopened, and very recently Regal announced that they were going to be temporarily shutting all 536 of their theaters back down. Um, This affects some 40,000 people here in the US and another 5,000 over across the pond in the United Kingdom. And so this is uh, news that that impacts a lot of people, tens of thousands of people uh, who are moving back into uncertainty. And it's, uh, it's not easy. At the moment, AMC is leaving their doors open and they're obviously doing, you know, whatever they can from a safety perspective uh, to keep their employers and their patrons safe. Uh, but before we jump into it, I, I really just want to say, you know, if, if you're connected to that industry or if you work for Regal or if you're in a position where everything's really uncertain for you, um, we're sorry. We love you. We're praying for you. Uh, this isn't easy for, for anyone. And so I hope that you know that uh, going into this, this isn't something we're, we're excited to cover, um, but it is, uh, it is important um, that, that we talk about it. And so I just wanted to share that little bit of my heart with you. And uh, why don't we, we share some other uh, uh, thoughts that we have about what's going on. Uh, Derek, why don't, you, uh, why don't you start? Yeah, uh, to echo what John just said, uh, this is a hard time for a lot of people, a lot of uh, theater employees, uh, a lot of the movie industry in general is suffering. Uh, just a quick side note, uh, we live uh, near Disney. So a lot of the amusement park, theme park uh, are going through some hard times. And of course, um, hospitality industry is still going through some difficult times as we are dealing 
um, with the virus still. Um, the movie industry is being impacted, not just from the theater stand back, a lot of movies have been pushed back. So like the Batman, um, Black Widow, once again, Shazam 2, uh, The Flash, all Black Adam and Minecraft, all these things are getting pushed back, postponed. Um, the movie industry is trying to figure out how to deal with all this. Uh, interesting note, the Matrix sequel has been pushed up a little bit. Uh, so that's now supposed to hit in 2021. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but my um, my initial thought is it's, it's kind of a sad time because going to theaters, and I know for many people that are part of our team, was a big favorite pastime and, and was something that you could do just get out of the house or have a nice date night or uh, just share some time with friends. Um, and so uh, part of it's sad that, again, that's still a big question mark, you know, when will that be able to, you know, kind of be something we do again? And when we're ready, what theaters are going to be around? So um, just kind of a sobering thought as we're, we're trying to process this as other people are. Um, what about the rest of you guys? What do you guys think about this news? Yeah, I think there's definitely a, a tension that I feel between wanting to see companies like really take the virus seriously and put a lot of safety precautions even if that means closing temporarily but then there's also the other side where like definitely empathize with the difficulty of uh not being able to you know keep people employed or or keep your doors open and even just like from a consumer point of view not being able to go to movies anymore i mean that's usually john and i's go-to date um was dinner in a movie and um one thing that actually surprised me specifically about this situation is the closing of all of the uh 500 some uh theaters that you said regal Mm -hmm. is the one uh doing that and a lot of what i've been seeing like economy wise specifically in the states i don't know as much about the uk uh, but it's very much area driven or state driven and like by a state by state basis on like um, what's going on and how many case counts there are and stuff. So I'm surprised that it's not just it's like select states that are closing it's theaters, a, but a all. Instead of yeah. Of yeah. Yeah. I mean, one uh, uh, concern that may not be thinking about too much, but because of my ties, um, in a little bit of like the screenplay writing world or whatever is um, my career advisor at the college I went to, like she, she has like a screenwriting coach that kind of helps her out as well. And uh, they were kind of, her coach would say, Hey, write. We lost you, Joel. <laughs> Got a little pause. <laughs> well, we'll get back to Joel in a second. Uh, apologize for that technical difficulty. Um, at least we can still see his, his lovely face. Uh, and we're back uh, from that perfectly timed and planned break. Uh, Joel, why don't you, uh, why don't you uh, pick up with what you wanted to share? The fuse box blue. I'm outside now. It's about 89 degrees. There's no wind current, clear skies. Right back to you, John. <laughs> okay. Um, you're going to say something about the movie industry, I think. Yes, I was. Okay, thank you, John, for calling me. Okay, okay, I'm done. I'm done. Uh, no, 
one of the things I was going to say as we talk about concerns this time for the movie industry that no one's really thinking about, um, but because of my ties to the screenplay right, 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 writing world, um, my career advisor at Full Sail University, she has a script writing coach, and her coach was telling her, hey, um, write your screenplays with a lot smaller cast in mind. Like, when you're actually trying to sell a script right now, actually think about, you know, how many people you're going to have on set, how many characters, is it going to be outdoors, indoors? Because even though we're talking more about the specifically about having movies closed down from the from the actual filmmaking side of it, even that's changed. And there's a pretty good chance that we're going to see more lower budget movies coming out when the theaters start to get reestablished or start to think of new methods of out there simply because, you know, that's, that's what they can film right now. Uh, so that's just kind of a strange concern, but it's things that even though we talk about, um, just the people in the movie theaters who lost their job and whatever. There's also people, a lot of people in the screenwriting world and all the film industry that are being heavily impacted. And because of these theaters being closed down, it really delays them getting back on their feet as well. Yeah, no, you make uh, some good points. I have some uh, friends who work uh, in the, 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 production on set every day side of it. There's COVID compliance officers um, mandated on set uh, who their entire job is to make sure that uh, like especially union sets are following all of the mandates for safety and social distancing and sanitization and wearing masks when they need to and all that stuff. Um, it's, it's definitely shaped that uh, production side of things to make a really good point, Joel. And to that, one of the things that I've noticed is uh, maybe some of our viewers don't know, maybe some of them do. Uh, there's a, a not insignificant number of American television shows that are filmed outside of America. Uh, one of my uh, favorites growing up is no secret here, Stargate, uh, SG-1, Stargate Atlantis. Uh, these were filmed in Vancouver, in Canada. And Vancouver is actually a really popular filming spot for a lot of uh, American productions mainly for tax reasons. Uh, but because of that, there are some shows that were able to continue recording and working in Canada, even while Hollywood was shut down. Now there's still a lot of backend support and editing and other things that are gonna happen here in the States uh, that, that still slows production down. But I'm really interested to see um, if we're gonna see more productions shift to areas that have less restrictions, what the fallout of that is gonna be. There's just a lot of, of pieces to the puzzle to consider that's that's interesting to me what what the roadmap forward actually looks like as a whole for the industry what's going to be sustainable well i imagine that like a lot of things that haven't been able to start yet um that were scheduled to film in international places probably the fact that a lot of international places aren't accepting americans right now is also affecting uh filming schedules I think yeah, that's one of the reasons why Mission Impossible got slowed down, especially because they had a lot of international uh, places to shoot. 
Yeah, and it's in fact doing um, actors as well, because uh, some places will accept Americans, but they have to quarantine, so they have to plan their shooting schedule around quarantine time and things like that. So yeah, I think that's a huge line of thought that we don't often think about. Um, thanks, Joel, for kicking us off on that line of thought. Just the production of movies and TV shows is being impacted right now by COVID. So this might have a domino effect for the next couple of years, um, even as movies and shows are trying to figure out what life looks like. So, yeah. But hopefully as movies are able to start like getting produced again, um, even if the, the movie theaters are still struggling to stay open, um, I imagine that you know, there's going to be new ways that people can view things. I know a lot of things have already started being released on streaming services. And then also, um, you know, we've heard of churches doing drive-in churches, uh, but there's also the not new concept of drive-in theaters, which would be exciting to see some of that come back. Drive-in theater? You just park your car inside the building? Exactly. There's a lot of like fumes from the gas. No, that's a great point. And, um, you know, part of my childhood uh, living out in Nebraska uh, was we would drive over into Iowa like every weekend and go to the drive-in theater that was in Council Bluffs, Iowa. So if we have anyone in Iowa, I've spent a lot of time in Council Bluffs um, <laughs> growing up, especially because uh, drive-in theaters were awesome. And that was like every summer for several years when I was really young, that was just our thing. We did it, we did it every week. And, uh, um, you know, drive-in theaters are few and far between these days. And the ones that do exist, I strongly suggest Support your local drive-in theater. Um, they're probably almost all that you know of uh, would are independent run, and uh, it's it's an expensive business to have, and and it's awesome, and it's a lot of fun, a lot of memories, and you know, like like Hannah was saying, uh, there's a lot of churches who do drive-in church right now, and uh, I've actually got a friend who is a pastor, oddly enough, in Iowa, um, <laughs> uh, who uh, is doing his church like that, and they've got radios set up in the in the parking lot and, and everything else so that uh you can pull up and you can attend church with your community but you know socially distanced just based on what various laws and and that congregation's uh desire from a, a safety standpoint is and so i don't know if we're going to see a resurgence of the drive-in theater type uh i think it would be super awesome um but it's also uh it's more expensive and than, than your regular theater from a like cost perspective, right? Because you're only going to show two or three movies in a night. You know, you're not showing 35 movies 18 times over the course of an entire day because you're not open all day. You're only open when it's dark out. So uh, I think if the economy recovers well enough, quickly enough, that that is a legitimate thing that we could hopefully see more people flocking to. I would love it just because drive-in theaters I think are, are awesome so leave a comment down below if you've been to a drive-in theater do it because they're awesome and I want to know if you agree with me or if you had a bad experience just leave a comment down below and this is a great time in the middle of this video to ask you hope you're doing well we're actually recording this on mental health awareness day it's an international holiday 
and you're not going to be seeing this on Mental Health Awareness Day, but I just want to say, I hope you're doing well and we're praying for you and we appreciate you. And that's my little, that's my little, that's my little cut. We can, we can jump forward now. Well, kind of uh, jumping off of both of those things you said, both the drive-in stuff and the mental health awareness, um, you know, when the pandemic first started earlier this year, uh, everyone was told to stay inside, uh, to stay at home, um, don't go out unless you absolutely need to. And so that's when streaming services really boomed. A lot of people are watching stuff at home or doing watch parties uh, uh, electronically. Um, but now as there's a little more freedom in several states to like go out and, you know, be part of a community, even, so, even if it's socially distanced, people are looking for opportunities because they've been locked away for so long and they're looking for community, even like in-person community, because you can get online community like here we're having a podcast online, but um, having more opportunities like that, like a movie theater is as important uh, to help foster that, that need for community and a lot of people feeling cooped up after all this time probably feel like they're going a little crazy <laughs> and the desire to meet with people in places like movie theaters again so I hope that even if these theaters are closing in the traditional sense that there's able to have new opportunities like drive-in theaters or maybe even something that hasn't been thought of yet that would work well to meet both needs. I, I agree and I think opportunity is really the key word there and when we're facing such a, a difficult struggle and a difficult um, time for so many Americans, so many people around the world. Um, seeing a challenge as an opportunity is not always easy in the moment, but it helps us get through a lot sooner if we do. And there's, there's a lot of, of scriptures that we can use to talk about challenges being opportunities. The, the first one, the one that I'm gonna kind of focus on for a minute and everyone else feel free to chime in, but uh, in James chapter one, verses two through four, it's short, I'm gonna go ahead and read it for you guys. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds. Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Pure joy when we face trials, that trials produce perseverance and perseverance does a work in us that matures us and that completes us. We are incomplete without trials. We're incomplete without difficulties, without roadblocks because of the growth that happens during those times. And I think as uh, a group of friends here recording this podcast, as an audience, um, as a nation, there is an opportunity for us to grow there is an opportunity for us to um, let this do a work in us to complete us. And I think there's some, some unpacking we can do. I'm going to open the floor. Anyone who wants to share about that or bring up other scripture that, that you think uh, is applicable. Um, but I'm encouraged that uh, the Bible doesn't say that everything's going to be hunky-dory. It says that it's not going to be hunky-dory, but there's a reason for it. And it's going to be ultimately for your good. Yeah, I think when uh, we're talking about hitting a hard time, uh, again, how we approach it often um, dictates how we're going to walk through it. 
Um, so we're talking about the movie theater, a lot of, again, difficult times, uh, people are losing their jobs and stuff. Uh, so that's really bad. Um, talk about the virus, there's health concerns. Some people have passed away, horrible things. Um, but I think for a lot of us, we're just stuck frustrated because we couldn't do the things that we could before. And, and I think that's an opportunity for us to say, okay, how can I use this time wisely? Um, for the movie industry, for example, we were talking about, hey, there might be some opportunities for them to shift over to drive-in theaters. Um, I have a friend who uh, is renting an actual movie theater just for a couple friends. They're now opening up to personal parties. Like, so people that can gather together that you know have been kind of fairly safe and in a small uh, uh, crowd to uh, take advantage of that. And, and so there's different opportunities that we might be able to seize. And Hannah had brought up, you know, even using streaming services to release movies more. And we've seen that over the last couple of months. Some have done that well, some haven't. Um, and that's a whole nother discussion. Um, I think for our own lives, when we're taking a look at any challenge we face like this virus and, and feeling frustrated that we can't do the stuff that we used to be able to do, it could also be an opportunity to say, hey, this virus is here. God, what are you trying to reveal in me? What can I do now while we're kind of working through this um, to actually take advantage of this time and to do more good things? Uh, again, um, my church recently asked that question, what is God revealing to you through this process of going through the virus? And that was, that was really hard to think about and, and say, I like to be comfortable. I like to do the stuff I want to do when I want to do it. And when that's taken away, okay, what is life really about? You know, loving God and loving people. Cool. I can still do that. It might be in different ways now, but how can I reach out and share that more? Um, so I think I would just encourage myself and anyone, whenever we face a challenge to know, hey, this might also be a chance for me to grow as a person. This might be a chance for uh, God to teach me new things. And this might be a chance for me to go through this experience so that I can then help someone else through this experience as well. Um, when I look at all the, like some of the difficult times I went through, there's a lot of things that I went wish for my worst enemy to go through them, but I'm glad God let me go through them because then I can help someone else through it. And so I think that might be another opportunity for us to, um, really show love um, to others who are going through similar situations. So what about you guys? Well, it's like when you think about any, like um, any story, let's just think about stories for a second, films and movies, books, video games. It's all about people overcoming things, right? If you watch a movie and the guy just sat on his couch the whole day, they never, never, never faced a real challenge, never grew in any way. That's, that's, that's like not a story. That's not a story. So when we view our lives in a similar fashion, like, Hey, like I can either, I can either use this trial to enhance me and to grow me specifically in the realm of faith, the realm of trust of God and the realm of um, consistency in my walk with God, consistency in my walk with other things, or am I going to let the trial rule over me and let this thing beat me down, twist me, keep, keep me on the ground. And keep, keep me in a self-pity, self-victim mindset. I mean, part of things as being Christians is it says we're the head and not the tail. You know, uh, it says that we're more than con conquerors. You know, so it's like one of those things, it's like whether you're a Christian or not, you have to ask yourself, am I letting my situations define me or am I going to be the one that's going to define my situations? Moreover, Am I going to be the one that allows God to, 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 to define what fruit this grows in me? 
Um, am I open to that or do I just want to keep my head down and cry all day? I hate to say it, that doesn't really do much for you. Um, not saying that we don't go through loss, not saying we don't do something like that, but there is a point where the grieving process ends and you got to decide, hey, am I moving forward or not? Um, a quick Bible story about that is when King David had an affair with Beth Shuba and put her husband to death, did some vile sins. Mm-hmm. Um, the man of God came to David and said, hey, uh, God knows what, what you did. And this kid is going to die because of your sin. He says, so your firstborn is going to die because of the sins you committed. And um, so David went on this 10-day fast for his newborn babe, and the babe died. And the, and the people that were in his, that were in his, like, like his cohorts were afraid to tell him that the kid was dead because they're like, wow, if he's going to mourn now be like, for the kid's dead, how much more is he going to mourn now that he hears? And when they approach him, then he looks back and says, is he gone? They're like, yeah, he's gone. Then he actually, he, he picked himself up. He put on his clothes again. He ended his fast. And he decided to allow God to move him forward. And then the next kid he had was King Solomon who went up taking over, you know, and we look at this whole ordeal and, you know, Taco 12, it's like the firstborn kid dying. That's an allusion to Christ. He also died for our sin. He's a firstborn among many. So that's like, that's, that's why God did that. It's not because God's cruel and evil. There is a prophetic foreshadowing in that story. But the bigger reason is if we look at ourselves as David, you know, he went through this time of mourning, but then he also says, I got to keep going forward. And he did. So we, we got to ask ourselves, whatever trial we're going through, are we going to allow this just as John read to shape us and give us perseverance, which gives us, which, 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 per, which perfects us, meaning that we become unshakable, whether we're having the best time of our life or the worst time of our life. Um, that's part of, that's part of what, this, what, what this Christian walk is, is, is like is we become Christ-like. You know, Jesus was able to sleep in the boat during the storm when everyone else was freaking out. You know, he was able to go and minister to 3,000 people and feed them after, like, on, on the same day he heard that his best buddy, John the, the Baptist, got his head cut off. You know, if we're trying to become Christ-like, part of that is being able to not let any situation establish who we are, only letting the truth and who God says who we are, who we are. And um, if you allow that, you will see yourself. That's, that's what it means to be built upon the rock. Um, and that's what, and like, that's, and like, that's something that we all grow towards. That's not something that we just get up one day and have. It's a place that we grow towards. So that's kind of my thoughts on the whole trial deal is these trials. We could say, yeah, of course they're, perf- they are perfecting me, but are we really allowing them to perfect us? Or are we just saying that to make us feel better? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, are we becoming stronger or are we just putting on a veil of strength? Uh, go before God with it. Only, only the Lord can really help, help, help you out with that. Uh, you get people that can surround you and can boost you up, but God and truth is what, is what you really need to set yourself free. That was really good. Thank you. I think there's a lot of takeaways there, you know, that, uh, um, there is time for mourning, there is time for grief, but it's not letting that be the end of the story, right? The end of the story is not the, the grief. Grief is somewhere in the middle and it, it happens. Psalm 23, you know, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. You know, um, there's, uh, there are valleys and there are hard times and there are exceedingly dark times. 
Um, but the stories don't end in those valleys. You know, we walk through the valley um, and God is with us and, and God cares for us and, and helps us to um, persevere. You know, it's not, uh, it's not we who, who do all of the persevering on our own. Um, God puts us in situations that we can't handle on our own um, so that we can be reminded that we need him. And when we rely on him, he gets us through. And uh, that's a really good reminder. Does anyone else have anything they would like to share before we wrap up? Uh, just to echo it, you just said, again, we go through hard times. I think it's important to process those hard times. And uh, we just did a podcast on mental health and, and sometimes processing those with other people. Uh, where's a good friend, someone who can speak wisdom into you? Um, where's a counselor? And ultimately process them with God, because that's ultimately where our hope comes from. Um, but I think our point is, it gets dangerous when we stay in that dark place. Um, again, it's as we realizing, hey, this opportunity or this hard time is a challenge. It is something I can grieve and mourn, but it's not something that God will allow to destroy me. It's not something that I'm supposed to give up. All right, it's all done. Um, God has still good things in store, even in difficult times. And so I think if we trust him, if we follow him, if we move forward with some positive steps, um, getting help from him and others, um, we can get past that dark time. And as we're looking back, we can see how God used it. As uh, Joseph um, said, um, kind of at the end of his time when he was uh, so mistreated by his brothers, he said, what Satan used for evil, God used for good. He was able to look back at all the stuff he's gone through and say, hey, actually some good came out of this. And so that's where we hope everyone is able to end up. I think that was a very good capstone on today's talk. Thank you all for joining uh, me and us and we as we discuss uh, everything that's happened uh, over the last uh, month or so in the movie industry. Thank you for watching. We couldn't do it without you. And we do it because of you, because we love you. But more importantly, God loves you. Thanks for joining. We'll see you next time. See you guys. <laughs> the fuse box blue. I'm outside now. It's about 89 degrees. There's no wind current, clear skies. Right back to you, John.